helped defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Family Life International presents Father Nicholas Grace of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. To learn more about the Institute, go to www.ive.org. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things came to be. Not one thing had its being but through Him. All that came to be had life in him, and that life was the light of men, a light that shines in the dark, a light that darkness could not overpower. The word was the true light that enlightens all men, and he was coming into the world. He was in the world that had its being through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own domain, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who did accept him, He gave power to become children of God, to all who believe in the name of him who was born not out of human stock or urge of the flesh or will of man, but of God himself. The word was made flesh and lived among us, and we saw his glory, the glory that is his as the only son of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Christmas is certainly about Christians or what Christians like. We like holidays. We like eating well. We like a drink or two or three. We like presents and gifts. I love Christmas for all these things. They're mad for it in my house. Even a lot of the time we get gifts and, I mean, They're not really things we're interested in half the time, but we like the fact that somebody cares about us enough to go to the trouble of getting us a gift. It's nice. But Christmas, this whole holiday, everything that we have here, is because of his birthday. That's where it all comes from. So yes, Christmas is about Christians, but also Christ and Mass. Now seeing as we're in Mass, we're Christians, it makes sense to talk about Christ, right? So let's see, who is Jesus Christ? What do people say about him? What did he say about himself? And why did he say it? I mean, what was the point of Jesus Christ coming here? You've come here today, so I'm going to tell you why. Who's Jesus? I don't need fancy theology and philosophy to explain this to you. Just think about the facts. A couple of very simple facts. This is a person who, without ever picking up a pen, is the one who set more pens in motion, who had more works of art commissioned, more than any other person in the past or in the present. And not just as individuals, I'm talking about more than all of these put together. That's Jesus. I can talk to you now about 
just two moments of his life. I don't have to say anything about all the things in the middle. It's not necessary. His life is marked by two impossibilities. One at the start, one at the finish. At the start, a virgin's womb and an empty tomb. Jesus came into the world through a door marked no entrance, and he left through a door marked no exit. That's the fact. Jesus did impossible things, and people like talking about impossible things. And they have talked about it. What did they say? Let's have two representatives here. Believers, unbelievers. Believers. You know, Jesus asked people, he said, what are you, what, who do you think I am? What, what are people saying about me? What's the big deal around here? And different answers came back. Well, I mean, maybe you're this, you're that. St. Peter stood up, and he looked at him with a serious, which I'd say is probably the most serious he ever looked at anyone in his life. And he said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus agreed with him. He said, you're right, but you didn't figure that one out yourself, genius. God revealed that to you. And Jesus said, don't be telling anybody else now, because then they're going to really go crazy. And he didn't. What about the unbelievers? What do they say about him? I picked one out here that perhaps all of us have heard about before. He's a writer, he's an historian called H.G. Wells. And he said clearly and distinctly, I'm not a believer. I'm an historian, and as an historian, let me tell you that this penniless preacher from Nazareth, this Jesus, is the dominant figure and the very center of history. Of course he's the center of history. Year of our Lord, 2016. But men have been around a lot longer than that and writing history a lot longer than that. But he made the whole thing start again because he's a big deal. Still, though, if that doesn't explain to us enough who Jesus is, let's hear it from his own mouth. And let's put him beside other religious leaders to really see the incredible difference between what Christ says about himself and what other religious leaders say. Buddha, the religious philosopher from India, he never claimed to be divine. He never said he was God. Mohammed, he never claimed to be Allah, never. But Jesus, he did. He said he was the son of the living God. He said, and when he returns, he'll come with the angels from heaven with a tremendous power. The same Mohammed, he said, unless God cover me with his mercy, there is no hope for me. In other words, I'm absolutely dependent on God words of Muhammad. Jesus, though, he looked at the people and he said, unless you believe in me, me, you'll die in your sins. In other words, you are dependent on me because I am God. Buddha. Buddha said, I'm a teacher. I'm in search of the truth. He wanted to find truth, and he wanted to help other people to find it. And he did find some truth. I'm in search of the truth. Jesus says something very different. He says, I am 
the truth. I'm the resurrection, and I have the power to resurrect. He said, whoever has seen me, whoever has known me, has seen the Father in heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. They're the words of Jesus, and no one else has anything else like it. We still don't get who Jesus is. <laughs> we'll ask him the question then. What did you come here for? What are you here to do for us? He's here to give us peace. Peace with God. Peace with our fellow men, in our homes, in our workplace. And peace within ourselves. That's why he's here. Peace with God. What am I talking about here? Jesus came to pay a debt, as we know, a debt he didn't owe because we had a debt that we couldn't pay. Jesus came to reestablish the love relationship between man and God. He came to modernize, to make accessible to the Gentiles, the pagans, the wisdom that God had revealed to the Jews. That's why he came. God gave wisdom to the Jews, a special wisdom. And I'll just say one thing about this. The Father says to the Jews, have no other false gods before me. Don't make false gods. Don't worship false gods. Jesus, though, he says, I am God. The Son of God become man, born of men. Jesus understood perfectly that we human beings find it easy to worship things that we can relate to. Think about history. In the past, what did human beings do? They made images of themselves, men and beasts, and they worshipped them. For this reason, God knew what would happen in the future, and it's happening now. Men are making a bigger mistake. They're worshipping men. Famous people, the cult of celebrity. God knew all about this. So God became man that men might more easily worship God through man. He's making it easy for us, man. God told the Jews, put a day aside for rest, give yourself a break, and worship. Keep the Sabbath holy. Jesus extended this to all people. He instituted the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and he instituted his church to perpetuate this sacrifice because he wants us minimally, once a month, or once a week, sorry, to worship him in public together. It's not a lot to ask. And friends, let me tell you, let me promise you, if we give God that little bit of public worship once a week, that's a big step to getting right with God. And when we get right with God, we start to get right with men, to have peace with men. Because God, Jesus, he offers us this peace. He showed us by word and example. He made it very simple, easy to remember. Don't do things unto other people that you wouldn't like them to do unto you. And go a step further. Treat other people in the way that you'd like to be treated. I mean, anticipate the needs of other people and help them before they have to ask you. 
That's what Jesus said. That's peace with men. And he made it very clear through the parables with the, with the adulterers, with the sinners, with the tax collectors. He showed us that God is patient, indulgent with us human beings, ready to forgive us. That we will be indulgent, forgiving, and patient with other people. Who is patient with other people, though? The person who has peace within himself or herself. What is this peace, though, with ourselves? We have peace. We're not at war. What are you talking about, Father? We're not at war. Mental problems, drink problems, drug problems, broken marriages, broken hearts, broken countries. Poor people, sick people, sad people. And all the while, the world is focused on reality television. Like, come on, where would you get it? What level have we fallen to? Friends, forget it. When someone has the peace of Christ, there's nothing like it, and you know all about it. When we don't have the peace of Christ, when we lose it, we have the same symptoms as everybody else. Three simple symptoms I'll tell you about now, and then we'll end this. Conscience weighs us down, heavy. We become anxious from guilt of the things that we've done in the past and things we're doing in the present that we shouldn't. Because of passions, bad habits that have more control over us than we do over them. But the third one, and the most subtle little tricky little fellow, is that when we lose the peace of Christ, we lose the ability to distinguish between passing pleasure and true happiness. We think they're the same. Passing pleasure. Pretty lady gets a pair of shoes, new shoes. My team scores a winning goal. Woo the kids go to the new Star Wars movie. Passing pleasure passes. Real happiness, as many of us know, is a constant mental state or equilibrium. The pleasure person's like a yo-yo. <laughs> up and down, up and down. We all know them. We know people who in the same short hour go from being ecstatically happy to tremendously sad, from being nice to being nasty. They're nice, they're happy when they get what they want. But they're sad when they don't. <laughs> That's the fact. Look, happiness isn't something that we grab for ourselves. Happiness, friends, is someone who gives us himself. Jesus. There's real happiness, pure happiness. Look, I'll conclude with this. He merits our respect because he was all-powerful and he became a little weak baby. He was rich, made himself poor, that by his poverty we might become rich. We who are empty before can be full. If any of us have ever felt cursed, we can be blessed. Because Jesus is that person who, instead of asking for presents on his birthday, likes to give them. So, friends, the newborn Savior offers today his threefold peace to everybody. 
If we haven't yet obtained it, work hard to obtain it. And if you have obtained it, do everything you can to maintain it. Peace with your neighbor, peace with yourself, and above all, peace with your God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm-hmm.